Welcome to the Open Door Policy Podcast. In each episode, we speak with all types of joyful missionary disciples who are unleashing the gospel in different and exciting ways. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share this with your friends and your family. In this episode, we sit down with Rocky McCormick. Rocky is a mother of three, works at a parish in the Archdiocese of Detroit, and is a corn-loving Hawkeye from Iowa. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. It's good to be here. Before we jump in, Danielle, any uh, any grace the Lord's been working in your life these uh, days? Yes. I went, I was trying, I was like, oh, what's been great in my life? Everything. But also I went to, I, I had the grace to uh, go to Canada this past weekend with some friends. We decided to go camping, but then we were like, maybe we should get a cottage instead. So we got a cottage because we were afraid and then there was no heat in the cottage. <laughs> But it's fine. Canada was, was cold? What? It was a little chilly. We <laughs> yeah. were south of us, though. All Actually, right. people might not know that. Canada is south of Detroit. So Your Detroit and Canada fact of the day. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, what about you? Any good grace? Yeah, I had a, just a really cool grace. You know, I, I wear my clerics pretty much everywhere I go. And just the other day, I was walking around downtown Detroit, and uh, a gentleman walked up to me and asked me to bless a medal he had. Oh, wow. And as I was blessing that and talking with him, these two young guys were like, they're kind of watching and, you know, you could tell they were kind of being drawn in. So I went over and said hi to them afterwards. And they, uh, they're from Hungary here on a business trip and oh, they just, dang. they're Catholic and they saw a priest. So they gave me the traditional Latin greeting, Laudate Jesus Christus. And I didn't know how to reply in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very humbling, but it was a great chance what, to get is, to know them. What is this standard response then? <laughs> well, I didn't know how to reply then, and I don't know how to reply <laughs> now. So. I taught you. Anyway, okay. Rocky, are anyway. you ready for rapid fire questions? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay, the first question What is your superpower? Oh. Uh, my children would say I have eyes in the back of my head. <laughs> yes. Uh, like every good mom. Um, my mom too. What do you remember about church from your being a kid or from your earlier memories of church? Yeah, um, it's good I didn't grow up in the church. So I would say my earliest memory would be kind of like the first time I went to Mass and it was foreign experience, but Jesus in the Eucharist, I was like, hey, what, what is that? What was the last live performance you saw? Uh, it was Friday, Torin Wells with my mm, two older children. Oh, nice. What scent elicits an immediate memory? Uh, chrism. Nice. Um, would you rather have 100 degrees and humid or negative 10? Negative 10. Dang, y'all. Yes. What are you praying for these days? Oh, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness. Uh, peace. Mm-hmm. Peace in our home, health for our family, um, just a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit and my own ability to kind of let go of control. And then for my mom, because yeah. she has been um, suffering with dementia for the last three years. So just constantly, constantly holding her in prayer. And then um, what was the first concert that you went to? Uh, when I was a kid, probably Anne Murray at the State Fair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good, good, good. <laughs> Rocky, what's the most beautiful church you've visited? Well, I mean, I've been to St. Peter's Cathedral, so I'm going to go with that one in Rome, yeah. yeah. And what class could you teach? Uh, Sarcastic Comebacks 101. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Okay, that's everything. You've done all of the questions, so we'll go back and talk a little bit about them. I feel like you could also teach a class in hand. Oh, in hand lettering? lettering. 
Possibly. I don't have the confidence what, for what it, is though. Like hand lettering? So, so it's sign, kind of like it's on calli- sign. No, no, okay. no, no. no. <laughs> okay. it's, Good question. it's kind of like calligraphy, but not as formal as calligraphy. So I mean, it could also be referred to as modern calligraphy, but. I or mean, fancy writing. Fancy could I call writing, it fancy yes. writing? Yeah. Yes. Did you ever see like like art on the wall or get like a beautiful invitation to a wedding and it had fancy writing on it, but yeah. not formal calligraphy? Okay. So that would be hand lettering. Yeah. Great. Uh, you would rather have a 10 below what yes. than What is that 100? about? Well, it's I about can, her being right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can bundle up at 10 below, turn on the heat, turn on the fireplace. Amen. But Amen. A hundred and humid. That's just gross. I've lived I lived in Texas. I did grad school in Texas mm. at 80 and humid in March and dripping with sweat by the time I left my door at eight in the morning. No, not not. Mm-mm. And why does chrism uh, bring back a memory for you? Um, you know, so it's not just the Catholic thing, honestly, like with. I grew up Hindu, and that also brings back memory of like the incense at temple and uh, it, it and smelled home. similar. And, yeah, very similar. Wow, that's really cool. It's a really similar smell, and so it's just I don't I don't know that it's a particular memory, but it just kind of feels like home. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. And with your children, you guys went and saw a performance. How did that we go? Did it was awesome. So it was Gianna's birthday this week, and so for her birthday, we splurged and got her VIP passes because he is her favorite artist, so she got to meet him before the concert, oh and then we gosh. got to get seated ahead of time, and they were right up front, and How it was a lot of How old are your kiddos? Um, Gianna's just turned nine, and then Judah is seven, so they went with us. The three-year-olds stay with grandma. Aw. And you're praying for your mom these days, right? For Nona. So, did your mom, or? That's Tim's mom, but uh, yeah. No, other, no, other mom, other, okay. Other one, yeah. yeah. No, for my mom. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great. I, I think for a lot of us, family are like at the heart of our prayers and yeah. thinking about yeah. those in our lives who, you know, who we love and who come to mind often when we go to the Lord to pray. Um, well, great. Thank you so much, Rocky. You're welcome. Rocky, you mentioned that you grew up Hindu and that uh, the first time you went to Mass, you were a little bit older. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a child and then what led you into um, your Catholic faith? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up Hindu in small town Iowa, and it was kind of a lonely experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I always grew up knowing I was loved, I was wanted. Um, but growing up Indian and Hindu in a very white Christian culture was just, it was hard. I didn't have, I had friends. I don't want to get, I don't want to say that I didn't have friends. I did. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um but I was also just very lonely and kind of felt like a little bit of a misfit. And when I was about 13, there was a friend who lived down the street who was a Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. They'd moved up from Texas in, we weren't close friends, but lived in the neighborhood. So we were hanging out on our back deck one summer afternoon, mm. not 190% humidity, <laughs> um, you know, drinking Kool-Aid or whatever it was we drank back in the 80s or 90s or whenever that was. Tang, maybe? Tang has a full day supply of vitamin C. Not Tang. Not Tang. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but she point blank asked me if I knew who Jesus was. Hmm. And I think I mumbled something like Christmas, Santa Claus, Easter. Because mm-hmm. though I grew up Hindu, my parents were really big on assimilating. Mm-hmm. And so we celebrated Christmas with the Christmas tree and Santa Claus and Easter with the Easter basket and Easter bunny. But Did no you celebrate Jesus. Hindu we kind did. of feast days and we, celebration? We did. Um, we went to Puja, which is a Hindu festival. Okay. But there wasn't anything in the town we grew up in. So we sure. would have to travel at least between an hour to five hours wow. to go to Hindu temple. And, and so were you guys was, practicing in the home? In the home, daily mm-hmm. prayer. We mm-hmm. had a little shrine set up in our home. So it was daily prayer morning and night. Um, so those patterns were already in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, she asked me if I knew who Jesus was. Our conversation kind of went from there and she asked, do I want to know who he is? I said, sure. So she told me to go home and say a prayer that night and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And so mm. I did because she said, you know, life is just better with Jesus in. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, that night I, I pray and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And I wake up the next morning and nothing's different. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Great. Moving mm. on. Um, but kind of that same struggle with loneliness through college and a friend of mine, it's going to be very short version. Um, a friend of mine noticed that I was kind of looking around trying to answer the question of who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Why has God put me here? And she was Catholic and invited me to the Newman Center. And I went to mass with her in the very first mass at the elevation. Something changed. Hmm. I wanted to know who that was or what that was because I didn't know it was Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and so I asked her and she told me it was the Eucharist. And I said, in English, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, she told me we believe that that's Jesus present for us. And from there, I entered RCIA and came into the church. And it's been quite a journey ever since. Wow. It's been 20, it'll be 23 years this uh, next Easter. And uh, that was just a simple invitation, a simple yeah, very kind much of so. both when you were a little girl and in right. college. No deep theology. Like that's, that's I think, the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had any idea what I was saying yes to or who I was saying yes to. Mm -hmm. But there was that longing in my heart to belong yeah. and that desire. And God used that loneliness and that desire to belong to draw me into his heart. And so, Danielle, you were talking about the sticker on my phone case, mm -hmm. and it's one of my favorite quotes. It's Mother Teresa's, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. Amen. And there's an image of the sacred, the sacred heart of heart, Jesus yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you stay so. in touch with that girl who told you about no, Jesus? No, not at all. Oh um, I talk to her sister from time to time, yeah. um, just through Facebook, but yeah. no, no. Oh, my gosh. If you could tell her anything, what would you say? Uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, just to have the courage and complete, I don't know what the word would be like, just total self like not self-consciousness the opposite of self-consciousness yeah there's a simplicity to it yeah and even that quote of well life's better with jesus than without him mm -hmm. like wow that's right. a that's a great line right did you pick then a confirmation sponsor or a confirmation i'm sorry a confirmation saint, saint? Yeah. i did and again totally shooting in the dark because i was a junior in college and <laughs> not exactly um you had not read Butler's Lives of the Saints <laughs> no, all I the way not. through by that time. No, yeah. no, I think I'd only gotten about page 10. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I flipped through like I think it was a little, I don't know if it was an encyclopedia, but a listing of all the saints. And yeah. so I was just mm -hmm. flipping through and I landed on St. Teresa of Avila. Wow. Just, yeah. Just her feast day. It mm -hmm. was just her feast day. Mm -hmm. And knowing what I know of her now, I'm like, it was kind of perfect. So the saints yeah. choose us. We don't choose them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um but yeah, no, I didn't know much about her at the time, but she fits me a little bit of sass. It's all good. <laughs> and how did your community respond to this decision? The Hindu mm -hmm. community? Well, we weren't really connected to the Hindu community, you mm -hmm. know, because we were so isolated in our own little town. And my dad had just died when I came into the church. So okay. it was really just my mom and I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and she was just really happy that I had found God and that that was part of my life again. Mm -hmm. She grew up in a very metropolitan Hindu household. So <laughs> they had Europeans coming, Japanese mm. coming. My grandpa was an international businessman. So um, she was just happy that I believed in God again and that it was a part of my life. And then what brought you then to where you are now? Catch us up a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Um, so much ebb and flow and running away and being pulled back. Yep. You know, God is just a faithful, faithful pursuer. Like mm -hmm. he is relentlessly pursuing me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Relentlessly. You know, I came into the church, 
my dad had died. We moved away, went to grad school, didn't really go to church because I didn't know any better at that point. I had just right. come in. It wasn't a habit or anything like that. I didn't have a community. Well, my supervisor was Catholic, brought me to church with her. Mm. I moved up here. Our campus minister was on my interview team. Hmm. So he has just relentlessly pursued me this yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about 2004, I had another really deep experience of, of further conversion. I had come into the church, but I don't think I'd ever given my life to Jesus. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of at a low point in my life where I thought I would be married by then. Um, and just what, what were you doing? Were you working? I was. I was at Oakland University. I moved up here to work okay. at Oakland University in student activities and student about um, student affairs. So okay. I was working at the Oakland Center at the time, but volunteering a lot with campus ministry and young adult ministry through the campus parish. Rocky, who taught yeah. you how to pray? Like, did, is that something you learned through RCIA? Did you Not pick that really. up kind of on your own? A little um, bit on my own, yeah. um, just by observing other people praying, hmm. but... I think at some point, like, I'm a Holy Spirit girl. Like, yeah. I just had a very mystical experience at my confirmation during um, the Easter vigil. I didn't, I didn't know what it was at the time. I didn't have the language, but looking mm-hmm. back on it, it was exceptionally um, mystical. So, and tell us about that. What, yeah. what was that? Um, you know, it, they came to anoint me, and I just broke down, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop crying. And wow. it was just such a powerful experience. I didn't have words for that at the time. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it, it was just such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit just washing over me that I had no other way to communicate than to just burst out in tears. I think I've told, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I've had like different friends join the church throughout mm-hmm. my life. Thanks be to God. And it's so, it's so incredible because like they'll be excited on the day and I'll be excited on the day and they'll be like I you know I'm I'm just so excited to have this happen and I'm like be Catholic for as long as I am and then tell me how excited you are you know what I mean like 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 you're telling me about that experience that you had and I'm like I'm so moved by that even though you know but even though it happened to you but like you you just didn't know what was happening but to look back you're like right Oh, dang, look at the Holy Spirit work. Right. <laughs> you know, Tim says that, too. He, he loves when I share that. Tim, story. your husband. My husband, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, just because he grew up Catholic hmm. and didn't have those experiences, so it re-energizes his faith, too, for us to talk about those things well, and how that is. So. That's what I think about with prayer, because so much of us learn how to pray. Like, I know your family, Danielle, you guys were steeped in, in the faith growing up, and I know my family, too, just mm-hmm. like you, I take so much of that for granted growing up in my family right. to, to yeah. think about like coming to Jesus as an adult into the faith and then like learning how to assimilate that or let that really drive your life. Uh, that'd be a huge, uh, a huge step of trust to, you know, to trust the Lord with that, but also to like begin to, okay, how do I do this now? Oh, absolutely. And I'm still in the middle of that. <laughs> right. 23 years later. What? You're not I done? Still get, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like I still get nervous saying the rosary out loud mm, in front mm-hmm. of people. Cause I'm like, I'm going to forget something. Right. You know but, what? As a priest, it's pretty awful to forget <laughs> something in the rosary. <laughs> that happened my first year. I nice. like messed up the Apostles' Creed. Nice. And I like turn I, around. I'm like, I really do know it. I just forgot it right. because I'm I saying it in say, public. I always end up saying the Apostle Nicene Creed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's like a, like a hybrid. Yeah. 
it's a mashup. And it's then all good. for you then to to turn around and try to teach this faith to your children, mm-hmm. what are the things that you I don't know, what are the things that as a mom now you treasure differently about the faith? Or is there anything that you're like, I really want to like make sure the kids get this or this or this is how we celebrate or something? And I think more than anything, people ask me. I've had people apologize to me for mm. not having grown up Catholic. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry you didn't have that. No, no, God brought me in exactly right. when I needed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no doubt about that. But the one thing I so desperately want them to know is that they belong to Jesus and that no matter what they do, no matter where they go, no matter what life throws at them, that he is always there and that we are always there, you know, that they are intimately and deeply and forever loved mm-hmm. no matter how they turn out and you know they'll they'll challenge that be like well what if i kill someone i'm like well <laughs> well we don't do that yeah, don't. <laughs> hey don't be we'd be pretty disappointed probably angry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'd probably turn you in ourselves <laughs> but god and, and us, right. we still love you like that's yeah. it's not based on performance life is better with jesus in it amen amen thanks rocky So Rocky Danielle, let's talk mm. about being joyful missionary disciples. Uh, Rocky, what what excites you, or what brings you joy in your in the Catholic faith and your faith right now? You know, I think for me, it's watching my children mm. really come to yeah. faith. And um, Judah currently wants to be a priest. I don't know uh, if that will like last right. for however many years that takes. Yeah. Um, but to see them really own it themselves and in very different ways. But mm-hmm. you know, even the three year old will run around singing hymns. So. Music brings a lot of joy in our family. Um, I need to I need to be better about the spontaneous dance party when we're having a rough night. (laughs) (laughs) Better as in have it more often. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Better as in like learn the new moves. Okay. Can we can we break down actually maybe all three of these words? So like, what does joy mean then in family life Mm -hmm. for you, and what does it mean for you to be on mission now? right? Right. Because I mean, I know we. I knew you. I think I met you right before you got married. Yeah, I think you weren't probably even. Probably so. I don't. I think, think you I was, had just met Tim. Probably. But like things look different when you're young, single, not a, like not the same level of commitment to like place, right. schedule, bedtimes. Yeah. Um. So like, what does mission look like for you guys right mm-hmm. now? You know, and I think that's something that we are still trying to continue to discern as a family, because even over the last ten years, we've been married ten years now. That's changed. Hmm. Um. I think when we were in the thick of really little, little kids, we kind of pulled out of obligations in the church Mm -hmm. because there just was no leading Bible study at seven o'clock. Well, yeah, your mission, your mission was 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 very much at home Mm -hmm. and our kids are not good sleepers. So we're just tired. And so our mission looks a lot different on four or five hours of sleep than it did before that. Um, But I do think we're at a point now where part of what brings us joy is trying to figure out how we serve Hmm. and how that feeds us as a family. Um, We're blessed at our our parish that we've just recently started to have some young family events. And uh, we have both, Tim, my husband, and I have have talked about that need for connection and that need for community and and how difficult that can be in young adulthood, but also in young family life because our schedules are so crazy. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and so we're really blessed now that we kind of have a little mom's ministry and a little dad's ministry. And we have a handful of families that are kind of in the same stage of life. So we can start dreaming right. about what it looks like to be a family on mission. Yeah. It's like when I'm at the parish and I have a youth event and it's open to the, the parish. If the kids aren't being terribly squirrely, they come, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's home. Mm-hmm. It's like a second home, which I love. What do you feel has supported your mission the most? Um, my marriage. Uh-huh. I think by far we're both very much committed how that looks changes from time to time, yeah. depending on sometimes our mood. Um, but definitely having a husband who is also on mission and loves the Lord and wants to grow in the Lord and share that with our children and with the world and, and sees that that's our first vocation. Hmm. You know, St. Therese always says, my vocation is love. Mm-hmm. And my name yeah. actually means gift of love. Ah. Is that what so Rocky means? It is. It's gift of love and bond of protection kind of put together. There's actually a bracelet. It's a whole ceremony in what, India. W- what language is it? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> there are like hundreds of languages right. in India. I mean, so, yeah. Our family speaks Bengali, so I don't know if it's Bengali or if it's Sanskrit. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, okay, just think that however we can, we bring the joy of Jesus, the, the light of Christ into the dark places, mm-hmm. like where it's most needed. Yeah. And in a really powerful witness, I mean, committed, committed marriage, you and him and these children, like that's, that's powerful too. It is. And I think, you know, we were talking earlier about like authentic joy yeah. versus happy, just clappy. happy, clappy, clappy. <laughs> so, someone said happy, clappy joy <laughs> during the break. Who so. was that? No, but, you know, I think what that really comes down to is not being fearful of the mess. Yeah. I think it's being able to enter into that, but with a solid hope that God redeems it all and that God is in it all and that he brings his grace and his mercy and his joy and his love into the darkness and the mess. And that's where he sends us. It's not to sanitize the world. Mm-hmm. It's to, to sanctify what Preach is it. broken. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to be afraid of that. And I think there's great joy in that. Yeah. You know, I feel that I see that in the church and in the world today too, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of messiness, a yeah. lot of confusion, right. a lot of uncertainty and a lot of different ideas going around it and it's it's messy yeah and to know that jesus doesn't come to to just make everything easy for us Mm. but he comes in the midst of it with a a deeper call to be faithful to him in the midst of of all of that confusion or kind of maybe bickering or, or uncertainty right to be faithful to him to keep our eyes on him and whether that's in your family, whether that's in our, our community, our, right. our, our social culture, or challenges in the church, to keep our eyes on Jesus and to know that like he, we shouldn't expect everything to go perfectly. No. He never promised that. No, I mean, the last time that happened was before the whole Apple ordeal, right? <laughs> like, ever since then, it's been a mess. And I think we sometimes lose sight of the bigger picture, and we're so embroiled in the mess of today that we kind of forget that the world's always been a bit of a mess hmm. since then. Yeah. But that the beauty is that God came and he became man and he took on flesh and he entered in and he continues to enter in over and over and over and over. Yeah. And I think you do this really well, Danielle. Like you are really good at entering into people's lives with all the complexity and challenges of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I really admire that about you. Thanks. And yeah. just, you know, Rocky with your family, right? Yeah. Helping kids like, no, we don't do that. No, that's not how well, it goes. Let's not talk to them about how <laughs> joyful I am. Yeah. <laughs> that's not always No, but case. like, yeah. uh, Danielle, I think, I think you're really gifted at this. Thanks, friend. It's, it's really, this is something that I was actually, I've been thinking about, I've been praying How about. great you are at no, it? Or, no, oh. no, no, Oh my gosh. It's like. We could rewrite that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, just like, 
I was just thinking about it today, how how little of Jesus's ministry was done in a synagogue. Like, really, I can only think of the part where he would like went to the front, read Isaiah, everyone yeah. wanted to stone him. Yeah. And then the rest is just like him hanging out with people who are like weird. Right. <laughs> and like it's a misfit. Right. Like like r- like straight misfit crowd. Mm-hmm. Like this person probably steals a lot. This person probably cheats a lot. And that just I don't know that really that really challenges me in like, OK, then what does that look like? what does that look like in my life and like this culture that God's calling me to, right? right. Like, you know, you, you were told about Jesus cause your neighbor came over and y'all were drinking Kool-Aid and she was like, you know, what's better life with <laughs> well, Jesus. Like that. Right. <laughs> oh, right. You're right. Maybe right. Drinking the right. Jesus Kool-Aid. Right. Oh yeah. Shucks. That has some con- yeah, connotation. No. But, um, so it's actual, Right. Drinking, like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need a sound effect of that. <laughs> anyway, um, but like where, you know, like where do I do that? You know, what is what does that mission look like? Which then leads into the other question. I think you answered this well. And then what does being a disciple mean? And like how you answered it, I would summarize as saying living in hope and being like, hey, this is real. Absolutely. And like for me, I think I would call it a successful day of ministry if I can just get one person to know that and I don't mean this in like a saccharine way that God loves you yeah like it it's not saccharine it's actually really powerful Mm -hmm. and it's sacrificial yeah you know it's not just a card and yeah flowers and well well, that's what makes it non-saccharine is when love costs something right Right. Hmm. Uh, Mother Teresa who you were quoting earlier talked about she's my bestie (laughs) she's pretty cool me and a million of my closest friends (laughs) right yeah no but but she talked about like without suffering there is no real love without sacrifice there is no real love and and love has to cost something um, because we're in a broken world and so uh, when I love, it has to cost me something here. And and the cross teaches us that. Absolutely. So to really love someone is to be willing to suffer for them or with them and to sacrifice for them and with them. Um, and that's how I think we, we show the love of Christ to them. And it's also cool to hear you talk about your family on mission. I heard this. Oh, man. I hope I quote this right. Dear people who know more about called and gifted than I do, <laughs> please do not feel bad if I slaughter this. But I, um, just learning by about the charisms, they, right. you, sh- you shoot, you probably know more about this than I do. But um, they would say that like charisms are given; they're these gifts given to a person for the good of the church, not for the good of that person. And they said in the workshop I attended that as a married couple, you'll be given different charisms than the single version of you Well, right, because to become one in, right. in marriage, so it's yep. a whole new ball game. Yeah. Did you sense that when in your marriage? Or? Oh, man, things have been so chaotic over the 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly like Tim and I were doing different things when we were single in terms of ministry, similar things. Right. But... I think we've seen that come to fruition and I think we're still trying to discern how to use that best because, you know, I think he has a real charism for teaching, which is an awesome thing because he's a teacher. Right. That works out well. Yeah. Um, he's and, a teacher in a Catholic school. So yeah. you're both kind of like living full time. Absolutely. The mission uh, of, of the church and of Christ with your family and then in, yes. your, in your kind of work as well. In, in the church. But that also makes it difficult 
because it's almost like we're preaching to the choir and yeah. like how do we go out and engage the world? You know, yeah, as we take a look at who too. our circle is, it's people who are already kind of bought into who Jesus is. So yeah. how do we then share what? that? Let's talk about that I for know, a minute. Let's jump into this. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, it's in the, it's, I don't know. It's something that's like I'm thinking about too is like what what does this look like? What does it mean? So, I mean, y'all are prayerful. <laughs> yeah. What's going I, on? I mean, I know a lot of people in the church who still need good relationships. Oh, need absolutely. Care, absolutely. And that f- for sure, you know, in my experience, I know you guys are, are agreeing with this too. So, um, but there's a risk where we can become really insular, really right. self-referential right. and forget that the church was meant to go out and bring people into this, the uh, church into relationship. For mission, as, right. as the, as the document would say. The document? I'm not sure which document. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think as it's the one of Someone look that up. But <laughs> Yeah, anyway, even Joey Nunziandi. Okay, thanks, Brando. I think that's the one. I yeah. believe you. Now his Latin's coming Yeah. <laughs> well, church documents, I know. Random, not random. <laughs> Greetings in the street. I'm not From good at conversational Latin with Hungarian. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. But, uh, yeah, so so we need to do both, right? We need to right, care right. about and and have friendships with people Uplift who are going to pour each other. into yeah, us as well. Yeah, that's biblical. Um, but we can't be insular. Like, can't just be hanging out in the church the whole time or... Like Jesus wasn't in the synagogue the whole time. Right. It's just something that I'm thinking about. It's like, and maybe because I, I had these, my two of my brothers got married this summer. Yeah. I was hanging out at these weddings and just seeing these people that have been a part of our lives for a long time and people that I love and care about. And I'm like, I kind of have no idea where y'all are spiritually. And it's kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to be like, hey, do you want there's a time and a place for like, hey, do you want to jump into a Bible study with me? But like, how do you open those discussions, right? And like, let people feel comfortable and love loved, like you're right. talking about, like you want them in your lives. Yeah. Also, I'm very extroverted and I want to do everything. So it's just like a down. <laughs> and I'm an introvert where I'm like, yeah, you have fun with that. Yeah. I'm going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> Although that never happens yeah. with three kids. I, I will like your uh, your post yes, on Instagram, exactly. right? Well, that's the thing. Social media makes it so much easier for an introvert to feel like I'm connected. Oh, yeah. right. But there's such a danger in that, too, to not actually go out and be connected. Right. So it, it's really cool, Rocky. I've known you for about 10 years. I can't remember if it was before or after longer. you and Tim yeah. uh, got married. But we were on a like a committee together. Yes, we Wait, were. Way back more. when. Oh, yeah. uh, Wait, what? The, the Young yeah, Vincentians. Yeah. Uh, Those were the days. Way back when. And I this knew Tim. This is pre-ordination. Yeah. Yeah, I was in seminary. Yeah. I knew Tim, your husband, before seminary. Right. Um, and it's just really cool to see how the Lord uses people at different moments in their life. Mm-hmm. And I even think about that like with my life, Danielle. I don't mm-hmm. know how you feel, but just how... Like what it means to be a joyful missionary disciple when I was in seminary right, or right. newly ordained is different than now. Oh, right. Course. And just when you're single, when you're dating, when you're newly married, now that you got, <laughs> and you've even talked about a couple of different seasons in your marriage right. with, with newborns and little babies And at now home. your mother is dealing with an illness. So it's like that brings a different element of, of what charity looks like. And that's why discipleship is constantly being in relationship with Mm. Christ so we can see like, okay, what do I need to do now? Right. It's not jump on the discipleship conveyor belt and just kind of coast through life. Right. And also the Holy Spirit is always active and always calling us in a new way. And you had a big change recently, Danielle, too. I had like a hundred. Yeah. You were working (laughs) full-time ministry. Right. Yeah. And now you're not doing that anymore. That's right. So it's a different season in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really beautiful. I was, I was just reflecting on this today. So, um, I don't know 
I'll tell the listeners. I'm not sure how much the listeners know, but so I was working full time. They're ministry. gonna know now. <laughs> Y'all sit down. Um, so I was working full time ministry, and I felt an invitation from God to to take some time this summer and just reconnect with Him. And I I pilgrimaged across Europe. I walked the entire Camino de Santiago. I'm back in the United States now. Welcome what back. up? This is lo- this is this is me in real life. Um, it's like, it's like, it's 2 a.m. in Europe time. Um, all of Europe only has one time. (laughs) And, um, and so now I work in, just like in the secular world, I work a nine to five. I'm, I'm just doing that Monday through Friday and then doing ministry on the side. But it's really beautiful because I was, I was texting with someone today and, um, they were talking about traveling and I was like, yeah, like two years ago, my new year's resolution, I think when we were on the, um, Siberian, Siberian death, death march, march together. This yeah. is this is actually just a. This is not. We weren't actually in Siberia. We weren't dying. It was just winter time and cold, and we were hiking a little bit. Yeah, there were like a dozen. Of, yeah, may, yeah, about a dozen about of a us. Dozen of winter us. hike. Yeah, it was great fun. Um, but I felt I I was like praying that year, and I was like, Hey, Ad, what do you want me to do this year? And I was like ready for him to be like, you know, like something really hard. <laughs> and he was like, Why don't you travel? And this was two years ago. And once a once a month, why don't you go away and. And just like, you know, see my creation. I was like, really? Like, that's the thing you want? But that's a God who loves you, you know? And I was like, okay. And so I was reflecting on that because when I felt the invitation this past spring, I was like, I don't think I would have been able to make that jump if I hadn't known that invitation before, right? So it's like God also like slowly, slowly eased me in. Shout out, friend. <laughs> we're we're uh, running up to the end yeah. here, okay. Rocky. As we uh, as we finish up, we always give our guests a chance to leave a final word or blessing or um, oh, or, or anything they want to give our listeners before we finish. No, you know, I think, and this is a struggle in my own life. We were talking about prayer and mm-hmm. how I learned to pray and yeah. how do we live as a disciple. And I think sometimes we just overcomplicate it. Hmm. Like we think it has to be something complex or um, revolutionary. And I do think it is simply being open to the Holy Spirit and acting on it. I'm notorious for having a prompt of, oh, gosh, this person's on my heart. I'll call them later. Hmm. And then I forget. Mm -hmm. And then I find out later, like at that point in time, like they actually there was something going on. So I think it is really just learning how to be responsive to the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I don't think we always have to have the right words. I don't think we even always have to have words. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes just sitting in his presence. Bishop Flores, when he was here, one Lent um, had challenges just to spend five minutes in adoration every day. Yeah. It doesn't have to be profound. doesn't have to be long, but just five minutes. And it was transformative because mm. you're spending time in front of yeah. Jesus himself. Um, and I just think it's that is practicing being in his presence more and more so that we take on him who created us. Mm-hmm. We're all on the journey together and yeah. it's been great hearing your story. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Rocky. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun hanging out with Rocky in the Open Door Policy Studio today, hearing about her conversion story, coming to Jesus Christ, and hearing about how she loves the bitter cold. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. I know stuff. Yeah. Things. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy. Yeah.